This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. All right, happy Monday. Alongside Freddie Coleman, I'm Joe Fortenball. We are in for Fitz and Harry here on ESPN Radio, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We've got some news out of the National Basketball Association, according to our very own Adrian Wojnarowski. Freddie, ESPN sources, the Atlanta Hawks are finalizing a trade to send forward center John Collins to the Jazz in exchange for Rudy Gay and a future second-round pick. Woj continues, Atlanta's largely unloading Collins' three years, $78 million contract for some roster-building flexibility Mm -hmm. and alignment with looming changes to the salary cap. Your instant reaction to this trade. I'm surprised it took this long that John Collins was traded because he's the kind of guy that does not hold his tongue even when he got that bag from the Atlanta Hawks, he was saying it was about time because they were not exactly <laughs> being proper when it comes to that. But also, Devin King, one of our producers mentioned, I think it was you as well. I didn't realize Rudy Gay was still in the NBA. How about it? How about it? I thought Rudy he still Gay. the San Antonio Spurs if he was with anybody. <laughs> that was the last time I remember him, be, remember him being on a basketball team. Averaged 5, 2, and 1 in 56 games this past season. Really? 14 minutes per game. So you're not going to expect big numbers there. This will be... If you had to guess right now, how uh-huh. many teams has Rudy Gay played for if he plays for the Atlanta oh, Hawks? Oh, boy. I'm going to say nine. Six, believe it or not. Six. I thought the Grizz, more than that. Okay. the Raptors, right. the Kings, the Spurs, the Jazz, and the Hawks. Okay. Six teams for one Rudy Gay. Wow. And people thought he was going to be a superstar when he came out of UConn, that he was going to be that Rip Hamilton kind of guy, just quality guy, quality ball play, just never materialized for him. So. Hey. Let me tell you something, my friend. He's been around since 2006, 2007. He's got a superstar bank account, if you know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Oh, like yeah. You, you invest your money, you're going to be good. You live in the NBA that long, you could have, like, Shaq, you have 505 guys right now just printing you money for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, He's Freddie sorry. Coleman. I'm Joe Fornball. We're in for Fitz and Harry here no, on hungry. ESPN Radio. So that, yeah, me too, right? It's 11 o'clock here in <laughs> Vegas. Uh, you're on the East Coast. You've been doing TV all day. That's a trade, a trade, and it requires a reaction, but not a dramatic reaction. The one that could get the dramatic reaction is the one we all seem to be waiting on. This Friday, June 30th, 6 p.m. Eastern, the NBA free agency period opens up, and we're all keeping our eyes on Portland Trailblazers star Damian Lillard. No, he will not be a free agent. Yes, it appears he might be available to be acquired via trade. Whether or not it goes down remains to be seen, but let's start with this. Kendrick Perkins ESPN NBA analyst on first take talking about the situation between the Blazers and Lillard. They're really on the clock when it comes down to Dame. I don't think it should be a conversation anymore. I think they should go to Dame and say, Dame, we're going to do you a favor. We appreciate it. You're one of the greatest Portland Trailblazers, one of the greatest players to ever put on a uniform. We're not taking it for granted. We're going to trade you to a destination that's great for you, that's going to help you win the championship, and that's that a city that you could get adjusted to and a city that you were a team that you would want to play for. Scoot Henderson, mm-hmm. Shaden Sharp, mm-hmm. Anthony Simons, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, one last push. Yeah. Do you agree with Perk? Is it time to move on, or do you try to give it one last go? When he said that when we were on first take today, I said, you know what? Yeah, sometimes you have to be the adult in the room if you're the Portland Trailblazers, and they can say all they want that they're not engaging teams in trade talks. That does not mean they're not listening. We always hear about constructive criticism. 
Right now, the Portland Trailblazers are engaging in constructive listening because if somebody brings something to the table and it's something that's to their liking, there's no doubt that they're going to pay attention and seriously consider it. And it's also no coincidence that Adrian Wojnarowski has also said that Damian Lillard is huddling with people, people that's really close to him to decide what his future is going to be, what his next step's going to be. That has all the makings of, hey, Damian, you got to really think twice about your stance about staying here in Portland and not wanting to be traded. And yeah, he's comfortable there. He enjoys the lifestyle. He knows the city has embraced him the way he has embraced that city. It can't be easy to say, I know if I go someplace else. Of course, I'm going to increase my chances of winning a championship, but do I want to move on from a place that is very, very special to me and my family? And it may not work for other people, Joe, that, are, that want him to ring chase and get into a better situation with a championship, but just because you like it, doesn't mean that Damian Lillard is all gung-ho to sign off on doing something like that that's better for his career, but that does not mean it's going to be better for Damian Lillard as a person. First things first, if you're the Portland Trailblazers, look around at the situation and ask yourself how viable of a threat you're going to be to win anything over the next couple of years. And they're not going Denver's not going anywhere. The yeah. Warriors still have their nucleus intact. In Phoenix, it's Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. LeBron James, still very much a factor in the Western Conference. The Sacramento Kings are on the rise. The Memphis Grizzlies are still hovering around. The point I'm getting at is that you don't look to be formidable enough to navigate your way through those waters this year, next year, possibly the following year, given what you have. So if you see that, you have to think to yourself, do we want to waste these last few years of Lillard or do we want to try to get what we can while he's still on top of his game? Number two, look around the NBA over the last three years. Look at what's winning championships. Mm -hmm. This past year, it's Denver. They didn't go make splashy moves. They built with their core. They trusted their head coach and were patient and gave them time. And then they added a piece at a key moment in Aaron Gordon a couple years ago, and they let it play out. The year before that, it's the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr's been there nine years. You have your nucleus. You made a move for Andrew Wiggins. You got healthy, and you won a title. Look at the year before that, the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, not a super team. You built around Giannis. You stuck with Coach Bud. You brought in Drew Holiday. It was the type of thing that puts you over the top. Build a team. Mm -hmm. Build a team. And as you notice deficiencies, go out and improve. The Boston Celtics go out and add Chris Depps Porzingis. Fantastic move to add scoring to the front court. But it's not about the big splashy stuff like they do in Phoenix. Bradley Beal doesn't solve that problem. Bradley Beal is a scorer and a playmaker. Phoenix already has scoring and playmaking. They need three and D wings and they need depth. That's not what Beal gives them. So Portland looking around, seeing how things are built. You got a great piece in Scoot Henderson. Shaden Sharp as well. Anthony Simons is there. You move on from Lillard. You can bring in picks. You can bring in players. And the goal should be in the next three to five years to be in a spot where you can make some noise because the Warriors are probably gone. LeBron James is probably gone. Phoenix won't look the same. Denver could still be good, but things change quickly. That's how Denver should be looking to approach this. It's been great with Lillard, but they didn't take advantage of the opportunity when they had it. Because you can no longer be in the middle. In professional yes. sports, either you got to be really great or close to great and contending for a championship, or you got to be at the bottom where you can start all over and build a better foundation because you've exhausted every opportunity to be a championship team or a championship contender. In the 11 years that Damian Lillard has been a Portland Trailblazer, they made the playoffs nine times. They've only gotten to the Western Conference one time, and in that situation, they got the blood beaten out of them by the Golden State Warriors back in 2016, Crap. losing in four games where Draymond Green was the second-best offensive player in that series. The best one was Steph Curry. That's how terrific he was in that <laughs> series, and he's not a scoring guy, but he was a scoring machine 
relatively speaking, when it comes to when it comes to what he's able to do for the Golden State Warriors. So you're the Portland Trailblazers. If you're content to be in the middle of nowhere, if you're content to be a 42, 43 win team, and the fans are still going to love you, then by all means, you don't need to move on from Damian Lillard. But if you have any kind of potential to say we need to do better than this, and we can't do better than this by staying into this, then you got to make that decision. Kendrick Perkins' point to say, Damian, we got an offer on the table. I know you love it here. We're never going to forget you, but we got to do in the best interest of two entities. You as a player to win a championship and us as an organization to move on and start all over because being in the middle has gotten us nowhere. Fitz and Harry is presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance and cover your furry friends with pet health insurance. He's Freddie Coleman. I'm Joe Fornball. We're in for Fitz and Harry here on ESPN Radio, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. The reason you bring up being in the middle being such a problem for those who haven't followed some of this logic in the past, obviously, if you're contending for titles, that's a good thing. Mm. But if you're at the bottom of the barrel, you have the chance at the high draft picks. It's as simple as that. When you're in the middle, you're not getting the top draft picks. Mm. You're not contending for championships. You're stuck in purgatory. Miami has been the team most closely linked to Damian Lillard. He's kind of thrown some Easter eggs out there that that's where he's interested in playing. Could you see anyone else making a serious push for him? Boy, that's a good question because you have to have the kind of capital and assets that can make that work because in the NBA, it's not just about trading a player for players. You got a match of salaries. You got a match of this. You got a match of that. That's where things really get sticky with a guy that even though he averaged over 32 points a game, he's going to make close to $50 million over the next couple of years, 44.6 and then $46 million a year after that. So that's where things get kind of complicated. The one place that would have the kind of assets, because I still don't know if it's Miami that's going to be enough that won't involve players and then you're gutting your team. A team like Oklahoma City would be perfect. They, got, a, they got draft choice from here until kingdom come. They got a young they got basket. All the picks. Absolutely. They, I think they got every pick in the draft next year for <laughs> Oklahoma City. That's what Sam Presti has been able to do. But they have the kind of future capital that you're looking for for a player and you're still not gutting your basketball team and gutting your future. Now, Oklahoma City's not going to do that. If you're Portland, you're not going to trade a player within your same conference. But that would seem to be the only team out there that it seems very simple to say Miami should be his destination. People don't realize how hard it's going to be to make that kind of trade where everybody is going to be happy. You get what you want in Miami. And Portland, you get your, what you want in having a better chance to start over, having better steps, and not really starting at ground zero when it comes to that. Problem for Portland is they might want to return like Minnesota and Utah exchanged with Rudy right. Gobert. And I don't know how many teams are yeah. going to be interested to do what Minnesota well, did. Well, yeah, not one team should do that just because those fools did that. When it comes right. to Minnesota Timberwolves, you don't have to be part of foolish pleasure that they were able to do. Because I know, to your point, Joe, if I'm the Portland Trailblazers and you want to trade for Damian Lillard, I want the earth, I want the moon, I want the stars, I want Pluto, I want <laughs> Jupiter. I'm looking at you saying, you got dreams, you're good. We want them too. I want everything because somebody's going to look at that and say, if Rudy Gobert got that kind of haul, then we should get as much of a haul for a guy that's clearly a more accomplished basketball player when it comes to Damian Lillard. Like Debo rolling up on the boys in Friday, just emptying their pockets. Absolutely. Give me any. What you got? What oh, you got? Oh, 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 Omar whistling down the streets in the wire. When you heard him whistling, <laughs> yeah. you knew it was time to get ill. No one's going to get that ill for Damian Lillard when it's all said and done. One team out there is building a championship culture, and nobody saw it coming. We're going to explain that next. Alongside Freddie Coleman, I'm Joe Fordenball. We're in for Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 
the top stories in sports. Guys, huge news over here. To the bottom. This is it. Rock bottom. This is 3 Up, 3 Down with Fitz and Harry. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Fitz and Harry out on a much-deserved vacation. So you got the B-Squad. Freddie Coleman, the (laughs) all-timer, riding alongside yours truly, Joe Fortenball. Great to have you with us today. We appreciate your time. It's time for a little 3 Up, 3 Down. So how do we start this, Evan? Do you want me going first with my my ups? Freddie's going to take care of the negative stuff today. Yeah, so you'll do, we'll play number one. You'll each give your one up, one down. Then we'll do two. You'll give your two up, two down. Then we'll do three, three up, three down. So, Freddie, you are on first take today. You're going to take the negative side of everything. That's how this is going to be. You're going to do the downs? I I guess so, because apparently that show's (laughs) reputation has carried over to this. So I I guess I'll do the negative. (laughs) All right, let's get it started. Number one. Number one from the up category for me, the College World Series. I mm. don't follow college baseball closely throughout the course of the regular season. I check in, come playoff, come World Series time. And it feels like every year, every single baseball game that takes place in Omaha ends in harrowing walk-off dramatic fashion. It is nothing but highlights. Game one of the World Series between Florida and LSU, tightly contested. Tigers win 4-3. I believe we had a walk-off there. Game two yesterday, Florida blows the doors off of LSU, winning 24-4. Game three tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. The ump cam is on ESPNU. This event feels like one of the most underrated events in all of sports, and it's now quickly climbing up the bucket list for sports items I need to check out because they're selling like hundreds of millions of jello shots, apparently. Mm-hmm. This bar Rocco's is raking it in. Nobody goes to a bar to order jello shots, and this place has found a way to sell like 50,000 of them. When you have all those LSU people down there who are quite hungry and thirsty, oh. like shooting fish in a barrel, man, when it comes to that, <laughs> like shooting fish in a barrel. My down involves baseball, and believe me, if you're a New York Mets fan, $398 million for this. They're now 35 and 52. They lose to your Philadelphia Phillies, Joe, 7 to 6. They had a 6 3 lead going into the bottom of the eighth. They proceeded to walk three batters, hit two of them, and make one error in that eighth inning meltdown. $398 million for a 35 and 42 team. How much lower can they go? Is it a cultural thing, in your opinion? What is it every year with this franchise? All the money, all the talent, and it's not as if they're getting to and losing the World Series Mm -hmm. and you're just disappointed in that. They are coming woefully short of expectations every single year. Yeah, It it gets to the point that the Mets get the 500, they might throw a parade in the Canyon of Heroes. (laughs) And that should not be the case when you have that kind of talent. And I know that they don't have their closer, Edwin Diaz. He's been a lights-out closer, the bullpen. They've had the up-and-down moments. But there's still way too much talent on this team to be seven games under 500 at this point of the season. Let's keep number going. two. Ilya Toporia, get to know the name UFC okay. Fight Night. Emmett right. versus Toporia just took place in Jacksonville. All right, in the I believe they're in the featherweight division. Josh Emmett was the fifth ranked guy in that division, a stacked division that's led by Alexander Volkanovsky. Toporia has been an, a fast riser, up and comer. He was five and zero in UFC, 
13-0 overall in mixed martial arts coming into this fight. He's headlining it. It was on Saturday on UFC ABC from Jacksonville. He absolutely dominated Josh Emmett. He wins a unanimous decision, polished, smooth. It was a huge step up in class, and he dismantled a very good fighter. Get to know that name because he could be headed for a title shot in the future. Ilya Toporia. And while we're on the subject, waking up at 8.30 in the morning here in Las Vegas and betting on UFC fights on a Saturday is a great way to spend the day. As a a degenerate, speaking on behalf of Degenerate Nation, I love it. The the, the prelims started at 8.30 a.m. out here, Freddie. Uh We're betting on it all day, right through the kids' soccer games. It's amazing how that stigma is no longer attached to Las Vegas based <laughs> right. on what you just said. If you told somebody about 10 years ago, betting at 830 in the morning, Las Vegas time, they'd have said that person needs to go to Gamblers Anonymous. Now, SOP, Saturday operating <laughs> procedure for you in soccer games, betting that early on UFC. Speaking of not polished and smooth, that brings me to my number two down. What was Grady Dick of Kansas thinking wearing that jacket? at the NBA draft Ooh. on Thursday. For those who have not seen it, just Google Grady Dick NBA draft jacket. And by the way, this public service message of what not to wear brought to you by Joe Fordenbaum, Freddie Coleman on Fitz and Harry. It looked like the kind of thing that, remember the overlore on the couch that if you move your hand above it, that it would move to a different shape? That's what his jacket looked like from <laughs> Grady Dick wearing that hideous creation at the NBA draft on Thursday. Number three. The Cincinnati Reds. Speaking the story of, Red, of the yeah. summer, the story of baseball. What a team. We get one of these every single year. Someone comes out of nowhere and goes on a run. Whether or not they can sustain it over the course of the year, that'll remain to be seen. But this Reds team has been a delight to watch. They've won 12 of their last 14 games, including Friday's game of the year, an 11-10 to thriller over the Atlanta Braves. They beat them after going down 5 nothing in the first inning. It's the best baseball game that's been played all year. Now, Atlanta got them on Saturday and Sunday. Yep. But they've still won 12 of 14. They're 41 and 37. They are on top of the Central Division, a half game up on Milwaukee. Joey Votto's back and hitting homers. Ellie De La Cruz is the hottest prospect in baseball right now. Dude is lightning fast. If you haven't seen the highlights of the um, cycle he hit for the other night, the run on the triple was phenomenal. 80 to 1 to win the World Series. 35 to 1 to win the National League, plus 275 to win their division. Whether or not they get it done, the future is bright in Cincinnati. They're 12 and 2 ever since they called them up. That's not a coincidence what he's been able to do for that baseball team. My last down rhymes with Antonio Brown. <laughs> Believe me, just when you think things could not get any stranger involving this guy, no longer part of the NFL, then you have this. Now, He was part of the ownership group of the Albany-New York football team in the AFL. Well, they got kicked out of the league because basically he was conduct unbecoming, an owner. (laughs) Well, now it got a lot worse. The players and coaches are now planning to file a class action lawsuit because their final game checks were reversed. Mo Leggett, the Albany Empire head coach, told the Albany Times Union that the team was paid for their final game against the Orlando Predators, which was played on June 9th. But a player later realized that money had been taken out of his account. The coach then realized that money was taken out of his account. According to the coach, some members of this team are still owed 500 bucks or more for their final game of the regular season. I really hope one day 
Mike Tomlin opens up about Antonio Brown's time in Pittsburgh. Because none of us knew anything about that guy until he got free from what went on in Pittsburgh. And everything since then has been an immaculate clown show. The entire situation with the Oakland Raiders and how that played out. Everything that happened in Tampa Bay. The brief stint in New England. All the off the field troubles. This. We never heard about any of this in Pittsburgh. Nothing. How did they keep it so covered up? Yeah, put it this way. It's a different kind of show that rhymes with hit. I'm just going to leave it right there when it comes to Antonio Brown. (laughs) (laughs) There was something so bad in sports this weekend, it deserves its own segment. Ladies and gentlemen, that's coming up next. He's Freddie Coleman. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Fitz and Harry here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Yes, it is indeed, but with a twist. Fitz and Harry on a much-deserved vacation. So sitting in for the fellas alongside the incomparable Freddie Coleman. My name (laughs) is Joe Fortenball. This is ESPN Radio, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. I have been waiting all morning to ask you about this, Freddie, because we talked about it a little bit in the show thread yesterday, but we didn't really share all of our thoughts. Now we get to unload and empty the clip, as they say. Uh Victor Wembanyama, the number one pick in the NBA draft last week. He's headed to the San Antonio Spurs. He appears to be, in the eyes of many, a generational prospect. He's been doing the media rounds. Boy, has And he. he spoke with For the Win from USA Today. And the topic of conversation came up. Who would be your starting five in the NBA to save the planet? Mm-hmm. Perfect sports radio topic for oh, this yeah. time of year. Especially the for those perf- who can't stand these kind of sports radio <laughs> topics this time of year. Here you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So... Victor Wembanyama, if he's putting together a starting five to save the planet, here are his five players. Okay. Steph Curry. All right. Michael Jordan. Sure. LeBron James. All right. Tim Duncan. Sure. Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. I present the floor to you okay. to dissect in any which way you choose to approach. Well, well, normally when somebody comes up with a list like this, I don't hate on it because that's their preference, although I thought it was very interesting that there wasn't a Kobe Bryant on his list, for example, because normally you mention like top five players of all time or top ten players of all time. Kobe Bryant usually makes that list, so I'm not surprised that I saw Tim Duncan on there because he's drafted by the San Antonio Spurs. I'm not surprised there was Shaquille O'Neal on there because a lot of young kids still love Shaquille O'Neal. Same thing with Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, and LeBron James because of history. So his list really didn't surprise me. I will say this. That list is better than what Brandon Miller said about Paul George being the GOAT, right? (laughs) When I heard that from Brandon Miller, I said, okay, your basketball IQ is kind of flimsy when you think Paul George is the greatest of all time when it comes to NBA players. There's a theory out there on Brandon Miller and the Paul George commentary that I subscribe to. All right, what is that? He's sitting down. He's being interviewed. He's asked about, you know, who's his GOAT. He goes out and he says, Paul George. That is now the end of any other conversation that's going to take place with Brandon Miller that day. <laughs> and if yes. you know Brandon Miller and his past and he, what happened at Alabama this past year. He doesn't want to year, talk. You're right. He doesn't there are do a lot that. of questions people want to ask Brandon Miller about certain things that may or may not have happened. That is fair. Saying Paul George is the GOAT gets people's minds in a completely different direction yeah. and away from all of that. So yes. if that's what he was thinking, kind of genius from a uh, – from a PR standpoint. Yeah, because Victor Wimbenyama is not afraid of that. He, no. he he was everywhere talking about this, talking about that. He understood exactly the media landscape 
not just helping his game, but helping his brand. And that was a very, very smart move by the soon-to-be NBA superstar. So Steph, MJ, LeBron, Tim Duncan, and Shaq in Wembenyana's top five. Right. It's five-man starting lineup to save the planet. Yeah. First thought here, okay. this is obviously a young guy. No Magic, no Bird, no Chamberlain, and that's fine. I, I, exactly. I, I understand when it comes to these rankings, people get upset when you don't include Bill Russell, when you don't include Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be nasty or malicious absolutely it's simply a young guy who didn't watch those guys growing up it's very difficult for people to compare joe montana to tom brady if they didn't watch joe montana those who grew up with montana are probably going to side with montana because that's the era they lived through when they were younger right so we have our preferences no so doubt. i completely get it if he's not going to go with the older guys no disrespect however however yeah however, <laughs> the one the one name and this isn't even one of the old guys but yeah. Kobe Bryant, if you're going to put together a starting five to save the planet, okay. you need killers. All right. You need five killers. And okay. Kobe Bryant is an all-time killer. He has to be in that lineup, does okay. he not? Well, put it this way. You have two killers in his lineup when it comes to Michael Jordan and Steph Curry. You're going yes. to need other facets to make sure that that infantry is going to save you from the monsters. That's why I have Michael Jordan, Steph Curry in my top five. I have Magic Johnson in my top five. Bill Versatility Russell. there. A lot yeah, of versatility right. with Magic, which is huge. Exactly. And then you have Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because you need somebody to guard the fortress when everybody's away like Bill Russell. And you need an unstoppable weapon. The skyhook is the most unstoppable weapon in the history of basketball. You land that <laughs> grenade, and all of a sudden things are going to work well in your favor. Then you can have your killers go in and wipe out, take the maidens, depose the king, and take the kingdom and go about your business. So that's why I have my top five aligned that way. Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, my killers, Magic Johnson, my orchestrator, Bill Russell, my ultimate defender, keeping the alligators around the moat, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar lobbing the greatest shot in history, knocking out the fortress on the other side and taking everything away. What do you think about his inclusion of Shaq? Because I feel like there are people that, that look at Shaq in an interesting light. They forget about the dominance when sure. he was at his absolute yep. peak. But then at the same time, when you're talking about putting together some of these lineups, he didn't really offer a whole lot of versatility in the way of shot making, right? right. No, but I, that's, I, I don't want to disparage Shaq because yeah. prime Shaq was extraordinarily dangerous. Yeah, because I, Victor did not see him as prime Shaq. I wonder how much of what he saw Shaquille O'Neal was either on YouTube or what he sees on the NBA and TNT where Shaq's this fun-loving guy. He's got all these championship rings. He goes back right. and forth. And then you see the highlights attached next to his name. That can be eye candy for any young player out there who did not get a chance to see Shaquille O'Neal because I don't think there's been ever an athlete in the history of sports that has enjoyed retirement more than Shaquille O'Neal. If anything, <laughs> he's probably more popular in retirement than he was a basketball player, and he was seriously popular as a basketball player, when he got to Orlando and went to the Lakers and everything like that. So that can be very, very seductive and very inspirational to Victor Mbiyama, who says, I want my brand to be half of that guy, what he had in the NBA when it comes to Shaquille O'Neal. And he uses his time so well. Every time you see him, he's in Home Depot buying Absolutely. a washer and dryer yep. for moms in need. He's going into the Apple store and buying people laptops for school, mm-hmm. things of that nature. I, I will say... He does always seem to have a camera crew with him recording these moments. There's nothing wrong which, with that. Yeah. <laughs> he's a 21st he's a he's a 20th century guy that was born, but he understands 21st century entertainment.
You have to record literally every moment of your life and share it with the planet because it is that important. We are all that important. Please share every moment of your life. Every thought you have about an airline, uh -huh. please go to Twitter and share it with me. Yes. I would love to hear how your delay has ruined your life and oh, how this is unacceptable that. and you will never fly this airline again. <laughs> yeah, your, your Twitter feeds at Joe Fortenball about to be flooded now. There, I said it. I put it out there. <laughs> you just sit there on a plane. I remember I had a flight recently where we were just sitting there for two hours because of weather. Yeah. And everybody's fired up. Everybody's mad. And it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to get on another plane? You're going to find exactly. some other way to travel that's going to be more efficient than this? It's not perfect, but it still beats the hell out of the Oregon Trail, dying of dysentery Thank or you. getting eaten by a bear. <laughs> or if not eaten by a bear, you wish, you wish you probably did get eaten by a bear after the hurting he put on you. Right. Those were those were real world scenarios back in the day. Now you go to Yellowstone and you got moms getting oh out of God. cars and dragging their daughters into the woods to stand near bears for photo opportunities to put yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Those are bears. This is not Disney World. Right. And then what are you doing? And then they'll get mad if the bear decides to go, look, right. get away from me. They're, oh, my God, the bear. <laughs> you, you, you're behind should not be near that bear. That bear doesn't come bother you. Don't, why are you bothering the bear? You can't file a lawsuit against the bear. You can't call the police Thank against you. the bear. They're not here to protect you from things like that. Yeah. You're in their backyard. They're going to get angry. <laughs> yeah. That is enough of that rant, it feels like, for this. He's I, Freddie Coleman. I don't think the Rangers going to like this, Yogi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's Freddie Coleman. I'm Joe Fordball. We're filling in for the guys. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA MVP why he may never win a title in Philadelphia, and it has nothing to do with whether or not James Harden re-signs or doesn't. That's Ooh. next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ooh. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, three. 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 Three is a magic move. The franchise has never gotten away from their losing culture. This entire process started by losing. Okay. Hey, everyone, hmm. stick with us here. We're going to do a ton of losing, but don't worry. Once we're done losing, we're going to start winning. I don't think that's how you can build a culture. As far away as they've tried to get from trust the process right. and all that early losing and tanking, there's still the losing stench in that organization. And they, as a culture and as a franchise, cannot get past it. And you see that every year in the conference semis when they can't raise their game. They don't have the toughness. They were not outplayed in game six by the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. They completely fell apart in the last six minutes of that game. No and doubt. that's what cost them from advancing. Three hours later. <laughs> Those sultry mm-hmmms and no doubts, courtesy of Freddie Coleman. My name is Joe Fortenball. We're in for Fitz and Harry here on ESPN Radio. Some people take exception to that, Freddie Coleman. Uh -huh. I'm a Sixers fan, but yeah. I just feel like the way they built this thing, they will never get away from the losing that started this entire journey. I've never heard that explained that way before in terms of a team that has not won an NBA championship since 1983, has not been to the NBA Finals in the early 2000s, that they can't escape a losing culture. 
because that's where they start. I've never, ever heard it put, put it that way before, but it makes a lot of sense because they told people you got to trust the process, and normally when you say we were building or we're building or trust the process, you automatically start from a losing side of things. You're not reloading. You're always rebuilding. You're trying to avoid the rebuilding process and not have it happen sooner than later. So it was interesting, Joe, when you put that out there because that does describe what the Philadelphia 76ers have become because when you start from that place, it's a lot to overcome in your own organization, much less any kind of expectations that fans that fans have for you to try to get over that hump of getting out of the second round of the NBA Eastern Conference playoffs. It's the exact opposite approach taken by DJ Khaled. When asked why he doesn't <laughs> lose weight, Khaled said, because I don't lose, I win. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, <laughs> Which that, feels that, like an all-time that, line that, for that, me. That's lazy for, I'm going to eat and you can't stop me. That's what that is. <laughs> I don't lose, I win. Yeah, okay. You know, you realize if you like, take off some pounds, he, he doesn't want to take off anything. It's all, about, it's all about acceleration for him and forward motion. He's not going backwards. It's and all another about momentum. One. And Literal another one. momentum and gravity. And, and another one. That's all he's about accumulating another one speaking of Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers you wonder if you agree with me or not regarding the process and how the the culture has been negatively impacted because the losing the stench of losing has permeated so deep into that culture they're never going to get away from it Nick Friedel ESPN NBA reporter joined Freddie and I earlier in the show to talk about the Sixers and James Harden but he offered up this nugget on Joel Embiid if you are committing to Harden you better win this year if you're Philly Because if they get to the second round again and they get bounced, why wouldn't Embiid sit there next year right at this time and go, hey, guys, we don't have enough. I want out of here. As a big man, your prime is not as long as a guard and and is not not able to have the type of runway that other players uh, have had in the past. Especially the way he plays. Exactly. He's fallen down all over the place on the floor. If you're Embiid, I think this is the year to make it happen in Philly because if you don't make it happen this year and you start looking around at the numbers that are all over the place, where are you going to get a piece that makes that much of a difference to begin with? I mean, Freddie, mm. if it's another flame out in the second round, mm-hmm. which is what happens every single year for this franchise, save for the year they were swept in the first round by the Boston Celtics. Right. And they move on in some way, shape, or form from Embiid and had never made in the entire journey even an appearance in the conference finals. It's mm. like, how big of a failure is that? Well, the clock was ticking on that organization when it comes to 76ers, Joe, the minute they decided that Tobias Harris was going to be a better fit for them than Jimmy Butler. The minute that they moved off from that playoff Jimmy, now they got another playoff Jimmy that doesn't produce in the playoffs, and his name is James Harden. He's a different kind of playoff Jimmy when it comes to Philadelphia 76ers. When that happened, I said, I wonder how much they're going to rule the day because Joel Embiid was just sickened when they made that decision as an organization because Jimmy Butler, wherever he was then, they believed it was not enough. Can you imagine Jimmy Butler on this basketball team now with Tyrese Maxey and those guys? I guarantee you they would have gotten to an NBA conference finals or an NBA finals at least one time where you're not questioning the validity of Joel Embiid wanting to stay loyal to an organization that may fall apart around him sooner than even he wants to talk about or even want to think about when it comes to Philadelphia 76ers. Butler, Butler's DNA is exactly 
what the Philadelphia franchise is missing. Mm -hmm. It's that toughness. Yep. It's that I don't care if we're an underdog. I don't care if that team's up three games to one. We're going to go out there and we're either going to win this game or we are going to make their life hell in the process. Exactly. That's Jimmy Butler, and that is exactly what Philadelphia is missing. It's too soft. There's no killer instinct. There's lots of talent. There's mm -hmm. lots of winning in the regular season. There's an ability to jockey into the top three every year in the playoffs. And then once you get to the second round when it matters, when you finally step up in competition, yep. you can't handle the counterpunching. You can't throw your own punching. It's just not there. Game six, that series against the Celtics, the Celtics stunk in game six. Mm -hmm. Absolutely stunk. They couldn't hit anything. Nope. And the Sixers gifted them a win by going ice cold over the final five minutes of that game. And then to, to su the surprise of no one in Philadelphia, yep. they flamed out in game seven. So the idea of bringing in someone like Butler when you had Butler is just the ultimate gut punch, but I don't know where you find that. Well, if you can't yeah. find Butler, who is it? Is it Nick Nurse? Can it be done via a coach? Well, put it this way. They have a guy, Nick Nurse, who's not afraid of the moment, and that's what happened to Philadelphia 76ers. Time and time again, we've seen them overwhelmed by the moment. You can't go up three games to two. You got game six at home, a chance to close out the Celtics, and you play like that. And then you have a chance to rectify that in game seven. You completely lay down. There, to me, that's an organization, and I'm putting everybody in that mix, that is overwhelmed by the moment. They're afraid that if things don't work out, they can't handle the pressure. Well, how's that working out for you now? That it didn't work out, and you were overwhelmed by the moment because you were afraid of the moment. Maybe Nick Nurse can be that DNA that they don't have because he has something they don't have, and that's a championship ring around his finger. I mean, I know James Harden can, can offer a lot. I know. It's just he does not strike me as the killer that yep. they need when they get to the playoffs. I've seen it. Harden, it's not even a knock against him. I just don't think basketball and winning championships is the top of his priority list. And that's not meant as a knock. He plays basketball. He makes his money. He's had a great career. I just don't think he's the guy that's in the offseason saying, what do I need to do to win a title? Right. What steps need to be taken? I think right. he enjoys his life, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. College World Series Tonight, Game 3, LSU in Florida, uh -huh. 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. The ump cam on ESPNU is worth checking out as well. Freddie Coleman, Joe Fortenball, filling in for Fitz and Harry. Thank you all for checking us out. Candy and Carlin coming up next. We'll be back here tomorrow morning, noon Eastern. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.